This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. The way you have to schematically defend him makes life just so difficult for teams defensively. He is going to have a big influence on this game. And a inspired Tyreek Hill, he's coming to this game with something to prove, with a chip on his shoulder. He's the most indefensible player in the National Football League. No matter what you seem to try to do, he can outrun your solutions. I don't care if it's a short pass. I don't care if it's a deep route. His speed is so prevalent. I became a very skilled slipper in her in my <laughs> teenage years. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas on this Thursday. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We absolutely L-O-V-E love when she's in here each and every Thursday about this time. She is ESPN Sports betting analyst. Aaron Dolan hit on Twitter, Aaron K. Dolan. Now, normally, since she's an Eagles fan and I'm a Cowboys fan, this is Cowboys Eagles week. We should not it be in is. this. Yeah, we should not even be in the same state. It should be a barrier. Right, but but there's a civility that's going on there here. There is. I mean, yeah. I, like you said, I mean, I love coming on the show, but we have a little bit of an issue right now. You guys left uh-huh. Halloween candy at the door, so as I was standing there ready to come in, I that's had about also, musketeers. Yeah, We're Aaron. having watermelon sour patches. <laughs> It's it's too much. <laughs> Shannon Penn, whose fault is that? Who brought Stop that candy? Stop putting candy in? at every door around yeah. ESPN everywhere. There's candy everywhere. Yeah. I can't because yeah. I, I have no self control. All the left over Halloween candy. We've got everything from mini Swedish fish. You should see the makeup room right now. It is. I mean, oh really? Any, it's like that too. You, cupcakes to brown. Uh, it's everything in the world that you could imagine. We're gonna get candy. They got cupcakes and someone, brownies. Someone brought in a whole. Wait, and you left Halloween that over cupcakes. there though. Right. You, you didn't bring some for the family. Guys, I was. Oh, you're right. Fair. 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 <laughs> like, we would share with you. We didn't. I was upstairs no working. I was upstairs working. I didn't come from there. You guys got enough over here. Wait, all, you and Cupcake Land didn't bring enough for the family? I thought we were friends. But speaking of friends, when it comes not to... Not this t- week. Not this week. No, not this week. So we're going to keep that buried. We're going to start with tonight's game. <laughs> T- Tennessee Titans, two-point underdogs. What better trend, What betting trends Excuse me, you've seen for tonight's game involving them versus Pittsburgh, especially the Titans? They had a great performance with Will Levis last week in his first they start did. as a rookie. Yeah, Will Levis, something else. I mean, that guy's eating bananas with the peel on. He's putting mayo in his coffee. He's a, he's a different breed. But uh, the line's actually moving in favor of Pittsburgh Steelers right now. It's now up to minus three. That total's at 36.5, which is very, very low. But this is tied for the second lowest primetime total in the last 10 years. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're 6-1 to the under. All the Tennessee Titans games on the road have been played to the under. So right. the under is a big trend, especially in prime time. I say that I feel like every single Thursday mm-hmm. that I'm on this show, I think they're 19 and seven to the under so far this season, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I have more of leans for this game. I have a few player props that I like, which I'll talk about in a minute, but it feels like one of those spots that both offenses are really bad. The defenses aren't great. You're trying to find an advantage, but really the quarterback play is the question mark because Will yeah. Levis looked so good last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Do I think he can do that in four days on the road? No, absolutely not. He's definitely going to see a drop-off in my eyes at least. And then with the Steelers' side, can he pick it? I mean, he had a rib injury last week, so how's he going to look? These offenses don't put up points. So, again, this is more of a lean towards the under, but it does feel very low at 36.5. Eventually, we're going to have to start seeing some overs because it can't just cash primetime unders every single game. All right, Aaron, uh, you just talked about the uncertainty of these two quarterbacks. Are there other props out there that uh, have your attention? Yes. So the first prop that I really like, but it's very juicy, it's minus 155, is Will Levis to throw a pick in this one. I just think it's bound to happen. Pittsburgh has seven defensive interceptions, which is tied for the fifth best mark in the league. He's not going to be as good as he was last week. It's just plain and simple. I don't think he can be. That was against Atlanta. He put up 28 points. Congrats. Good game. 
it's just a totally different situation with that quick turnaround. So I do like him to have an interception. So if you think it's too juicy, you could just add it into a same-game parlay. There's always ways that you can try to find and get better odds. So it's definitely one that I like. Again, not everyone feels comfortable laying that juice, rightfully so. I'm also going to look at some anytime touchdown scores. Now, I don't expect a lot of points, but I do think one player in particular, which is Derrick Henry, could potentially just punch it in. Right. Anytime touchdown scores, so it could be through the air, it could be on the ground, more likely on the ground than not. Um, but I just think, you know, Will Levis – Again, I don't think he's going to play great. He's going to have to lean on the running game at times if he can. Pittsburgh's defense ranked 27th against the run. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to put up any points at all, I think they lean in the running back crew. So Derek Henry to have a touchdown. I know he hasn't looked as great as he has in years past. He only has three rushing touchdowns this season. But this could be one of those spots that, you know, he can just punch it in. Great stuff by Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst. He always stops by at this time each and every Thursday. And Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We get everything started on Statement Sunday. In Germany, Dolphins and Chiefs squaring out part of the German games in the National Football League. It it, it just sounds strange. They're not (laughs) playing in Munich or Berlin. They're playing in Frankfurt. I guess that's where the biggest stadium is. How do do you think this plays out? Because you got two offenses, one still high-flying, the other one struggling. How do you think this game plays out from a better perspective? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because it's in Germany, right? So it's going to be just a lot of variables and factors that you don't really have in traditional games. But for me, Miami always folds no matter what when they play good competition. Look mm-hmm. at how they played against Philly, 31 to 17, 31 to 7 loss then you got against the Bills 48 to 20. I just think that why would they not fold against the Chiefs who actually have a pretty good defense? I think we usually think of the Chiefs of, oh my gosh, this high-scoring offense are so good, but the defense isn't there. It's kind of reversed this season. Last game was terrible against the Broncos, but yeah. it was one of the worst performances by Patrick Mahomes. For him to repeat that, very unlikely. On top of that, he was sick. So I do think the Chiefs, the line's moving in favor of the Miami Dolphins, which okay. is interesting. So the Chiefs are just laying a point and a half right now. I would still lay it with the Chiefs if you feel comfortable. A lot of people, when there's a spread so short, will just look to play them on the money line. But very early game, the Chiefs should bounce back. I just don't trust the Dolphins. They're 5-0 and against the spread uh, against, you know, when they're a favorite. In this role, they're obviously an underdog, but they beat up on really bad teams. I mean, they beat the Chargers. They beat New England twice. They beat Denver. They beat the Giants. They beat the Panthers. So their numbers are just really inflated. I mean, on paper, they should be blowing teams out of the right. water. And some of those games, yes, they have. But when you play really good competition like the Eagles and the Bills and you lose in that fashion, it wasn't like, a you know, just one touchdown. I just can't trust them against the Chiefs team. All right, Aaron. Freddie talked about this earlier. The biases that both you guys have talked about this weekend's big <laughs> NFC East matchup. Who do you like and what do you like in this game? So for this game, I'm going to look at the total. It's at 46. I'm going to take the over here. Okay, the last five games between these two have gone over. This is a Sunday night football game in the link. I feel like points are going to be scored. I don't think it's going to be this big defensive game. Dak Prescott, his last three games that he's played against Philadelphia, he's averaged 44 points. Now, I know this is just a lot of stats and a lot of numbers, and it's like, okay, we get it, we get it. But at the same time, I just this is just going to be a shootout to me. So I think it's going to be just one of those high-scoring things. It's hard for me to say to lay it with Philadelphia because – you know, there are some news that Jalen Hurts is mm-hmm. could potentially be injured and whatnot. But also, I mean, Dak's QBR on the road compared to when playing at home is totally different. And when he's played on the road, it, it's night and day. Like, he looks yep. great against the Chargers Monday Night Football. They finally get a win. But then he loses to the Cardinals. He looked terrible to San Fran. Like, who are the Cowboys? No offense. Who are the Cowboys when they're on I'll the let road you know, I'll home. let you know in your line. If this game was at home, like, it'd be really hard for me to say, you know, take Philly. Like, I think right. they would struggle. Right. But given that it's at the link, uh, I mean – it's a 4 p.m. game. It should be flexed Sunday night, but that's neither here nor there. No, I like, um, I like but, it at 425. 
Then you get the won't get as rowdy. Yeah, the nighttime in Philly. Come on. Yeah, you guys wouldn't survive. No, hold on a second. That game be played four o'clock in the morning. They're gonna be rowdy in Philadelphia. Aaron, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's helping you guys that it's not a night game because it would have had another four hours of drinking for everybody in the link. So that would have been been an ugly thing. But yeah, I would take I would look at the total and go over forty six. Aaron Dolan always does a great job with the ESPN sports betting analyst. She didn't bring any cupcakes, but we'll let that go here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Chad Brown and for Harry Dulles on Freddie Coleman. Other good games from morning to night on Statement Sunday. Bengals hosting the Bills on the Sunday night football matchup that you wish the Eagles and Cowboys were in that window. We know what the Bengals look like now. The Bills have been up and down. Win here, loss here, win here, loss there. Who do you like in this game? So the Bengals are now laying two points. That totals a 49 and a half. I would just take the Bengals in this one. I don't think the Bills are going to get It's not like a get right spot for the Bills. They've just, right. they've been inconsistent. I mean, they're five and three, whereas I think with Cincinnati, a lot of the times when you break down games, you're looking at the numbers and everything's going to say, take the Bills in this one. But Cincinnati is one of those squads that can turn things around midseason. We saw that last season. Like they weren't great at the beginning and they finally got things moving. And now if Joe Burrow is healthy, the Bengals are, they're a really tough team. And I don't like what I've seen from the Bills. I feel like every week I'm like, Yes, they're going to fix what they their problems, and then it just doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. So between the two, I would definitely look at Joe Burrow. I know a couple of people have been taking uh, some flyers on him for MVP because they think he's going to win it this week, and then the okay. odds are obviously going to move down. I think we're kind of at the point that Joe Burrow, although if he's great, the remainder of the season won't have the numbers and stats and that number one seed to really be able to win that. Um, but just know that the MVP market, again, still moving around, a lot of odds shifting. All right, last one for me, Aaron. There are four NBA games tonight. Mm. Uh, Any plays for you out there tonight? Yes, I love the association. So my best bet for today is going to be the Sixers' first quarter, minus two and a half. Toronto played last night. They played against Milwaukee Bucks. They beat up on them, which was very surprising, by the way. Bucks can't play any defense. Yeah. I know. Don't get me started. The Celtics would definitely be winning the Eastern Conference. Uh, again, I'm a Sixers fan, so it's tough for me to say that. But uh, I do like them in the first quarter, minus two and a half. I think they jump out on the squad because it's back-to-back for them. They have the travel. Sixers are well-rested. They already played each other um, this season, and the Raptors actually jumped out on them in the first quarter. But everything's always situational, so yeah. I do, I'd do. i rather play it that way than play the game spread just in case the team comes back at the end, things like that. So we'll be looking at that. And then also um, KD, over 12.5 assists and rebounds. So combine the two. Okay. Hit over this mark the first two games of the season. Didn't hit it last time against the Spurs. But I think he's going to be fired up after the ending of that game. Oh. You take the ball from him. They get the last second uh, layup for Johnson. So I think he'll be a little bit fired up in this one. And if Bradley Beal, or sorry, Bradley Beal is out. But if Devin Booker does end up playing into this game, it'll be interesting to see just how he's facilitating the ball and also, you know, leaning on somebody else besides himself. I don't expect him to get there with the points. So we're going, going to go assist rebounds, combine the two over 12 and a half. It's one of our favorite parts of the week when she stops by at this time each and every Thursday to make sure the best bets for the week and to put some more money in your pocket by the yeah. time Monday rolls around. She is Erin Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst. Hit her on Twitter at Erin K. Dolan. I always appreciate my friend. I would say good Thank luck to you. your team, but you know I don't mean it. You said what? Yeah, I would say good luck to your team, but you oh, know I don't mean it. I'm not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Erin. Erin Dolan stopping by here on Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. So bundle and save at Progressive.com. So you heard from Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst, giving you the best bets for the weekend. There's one guy that may not be in best bet mode when it comes to being a top-flight quarterback in the National Football League. Along with Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Josh Allen, I know what he can be, Chad. I've seen what he has been. 
I know what he's capable of. But now he's facing a guy that the last time they played each other, that guy kept descending. And all of a sudden, our man Josh Allen kept descending. To me, it's not so much about what Josh Allen is going to show up in this game in Cincinnati versus the ascending Bengals team. It's what Ken Dorsey will show up, meaning the offensive coordinator. If he allows himself to look like that calling plays, the last time we saw them when they played that Thursday night and they had that great balance and that quarterback made some great plays, then I think they're going to be fine eventually. If we see what we've seen from Ken Dorsey calling plays, even though they barely beat the Giants, how they lost to Jacksonville, then that's going to be a loss for Buffalo on the road in Cincinnati. Wow. Buffalo's one and two on the road this year. And with the – we're used to talking about players with inconsistent play, but now we're talking about a play caller who's got to mm-hmm. who's got to get past some of the inconsistencies. Now, statistically, if you if you look at this thing, the Bills' offense is fifth overall, fourth in scoring. They're fourth passing the football, fourteenth uh, running the football. So it seems like all is well over there. But the inconsistencies have been just enough where they are not meeting the expectation level. Yeah. Uh, and so this Bengals team is getting hot. Joe Burrow certainly looks healthy and is moving in the right direction. This is going to be a real tough one for the Buffalo Bills in Cincinnati to get this done. Joe Burrow even talked about playing the Cincinnati Bengals as playing the Buffalo Bills, excuse me, because the last time that happened, it worked out well for him and his team. We're going to have to beat teams like this if we want to get to where we're going to get to. It's a it's a great team with a great quarterback and a really good defense. team that obviously we played in the playoffs last year and we have a chance to play again. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Only Joe Burrow can look at stuff like this and say, man, it's going to be a fun one. He can talk about the game, how, man, they're a great opponent. It's going to be a tough game. Like, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I live for moments like this. I'm going to bring the truth to moments like this when it comes to Joe Burrow. Everybody doubt him saying, why would you want to go and be drafted by a team even though you grew up rooting for that team as a kid when it comes to Cincinnati? And Joe Burrow said, I didn't come here for us to lose. And even when he tore his ACL, he said, when I come back, we're going to be a lot better. And they've been in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game and a Super Bowl in the last two years. Joe Burrow, it's not so much about the Bengals being back. The Bengals are back because their quarterback is back. He makes everybody feel better. He's like that guy when you when you show up to the playground and you play basketball and you're on his team, you talk a lot of noise even you can't play dead because you know that guy's on your football team. That's how the Bengals feel. Not so much they're being back, Chad. Their quarterback is back. That's why the Bengals are back. Yeah, when Joe Burrow's back, the, the, the Bengals are, are back versus what's happening in, in Buffalo. In some ways, I see this game – as one of those games where the perception for Josh Allen could could shift here. Okay. Uh, if he gets outplayed by Joe Burrow and the Bills have an, another uneven or inconsistent offensive performance, maybe he slides out of that elite quarterback tier where right now he's probably at the bottom of, of tier one okay. uh, from a you know mass major media perception. But if he were to not play so good, I could see him starting to slide out of that. There's just been wow. a little bit too much inconsistency for this, which is interesting because as awful as Joe Burrow and the Bengals were to start this season, there was never any doubt once healthy what he could do. Right. Josh Allen, outside of a short shoulder missing practice yesterday, has been pretty much healthy all year long, but there's consistent doubts about what he can do. Josh Allen is never going to suffer from a confidence crisis. He is as confident as they come. Even when things are not going right, he always believes, I'm going to be able to leap over that problem in a single bound. Something that Joe Burrow has been able to do getting his team to the Super Bowl 
that Josh Allen has not been able to do yet. And in the NFL, you know this, Chad. It's no longer year by year, second by second. You could be top of the headlines one week, and then the next week you're at the bottom of the barrel. You could be a team that's contending for a championship one year, and then the next year you feel like you're starting over and rebuilding. And that's how important that quarterback position is. They don't have to worry about being in rebuilding mode with Josh Allen because they believe in him. But if they're not able to get it done, then they're going to have to tweak some things. That's what Cincinnati used to be. They're not there now because their quarterback, Joe Burrow, gives them so much confidence. But real quick, who's the guy you played against that no matter what kind of team you had on one side, you knew you were clearly better than them. You looked at the other side and said, man, they got that quarterback. This is going to be a long game. Growing up in Southern California, uh, and the 49ers aren't, aren't a Southern California team, but they were certainly a California team. So I watched lots of 49er football growing up. Watched Joe Montana do what he did. When I was a rookie in the NFL, we played the Chiefs in a playoff game in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I thought my Pittsburgh Steelers team was a better team than what the Chiefs had out there. Mm-hmm. But they had Joe Cool. And uh, the, the two-minute drive of that ball game, when he came on the field and he walked into that huddle and he looked into his teammates' eyes, I, I – I'm on the field, you know, about to play and compete against this dude. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, man, I think it's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. <laughs> really? <laughs> this dude is too cool. He has brought a level of coolness to their huddle mm-hmm. that we don't have. We don't have somebody in our huddle who's going to look everybody in the eye and get us centered and get us playing our best football. They do. They have that guy who's been there and done that so many times, wow. and they went down and scored. And I was, I was like, yes. Of course, it's Joe Montana. This, this is what these kind of players do. Um, you know, we fought. We were competitive. We tried everything we could. But Joe Cool shows up, and because of his confidence and because of what he has done in the past, he brings up everyone's level in that huddle up and makes them play just a little bit better in those critical situations. I can't even imagine what that must have felt like and been like. Well, here you are. Man, we know we can do some things. And then you look over there and say – Man, it may not matter because we don't have – one of my favorite things about guys like that, guys like him always have their say. It must be wonderful if you're on a team like that where no matter what happens, you got a guy on your team that is always going to have their say. I watched him on the sideline talking to Marty Schottenheimer, you know, giving uh-huh. the last-minute instructions before he goes out on the field into the huddle. And when he turned away from Marty and started walking away, I was like, this dude is too cool. I just pictured him like in front of the liquor store kind of dropping a cigarette and <laughs> stubbing it out and going to go do some business. Yes, he got the instructions from Marty. Got one little drag and one more drag in and walked to the huddle and said, all right, fellas, let's go do this. And they went and did it. <laughs> Sent me home sad. Like Other than Burrow and Mahomes right now, how many other active quarterbacks are like that where they elevate the level of play for their entire team? Ooh, mm. I'll defer to you on that one, Chad. I need to think about that one a little I, bit. I, 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 you go around the league, I see more quarterback issues uh-huh. than, than that type of quarterback where they walk on the field, whether you are a player on that field or you are a fan mm-hmm. on the other team or a fan of that team, you feel pretty comfortable and confident what's about to happen. Okay. I, I think Dallas Cowboy fans, to go back to an earlier conversation, it's two minutes to go and Dak's got the ball. They're not certain what's going to happen. I think Bengal fans feel very comfortable. Uh-huh. Clearly, Chiefs fans feel very comfortable. Okay. But I'm not sure about Cowboy fans. I'm not sure about Buffalo fans. I'm not even sure about Miami fans. You know, as you, good as these yeah. quarterbacks we're talking about, yeah. for those teams have played this year, I think there's only two guys in mind who give and elicit a very high level of confidence in that moment. You're not sure about Buffalo Bills fans because the way even I know Josh Allen has had his moments, but we've seen in the past what he's been able to do, even in the recent past, Meaning this season, you, you still have concern if your uh, Bills fans have concern about Josh Allen being that guy? 
I don't think he should have concerns about being that guy, but to think he's going to be the franchise savior without other additional help on that football team, that's a different question. What, what about a guy like Jalen Hurts? You don't think he elicits that level of confidence in the Eagles? Uh, he may be in that next tier down. I think Eagles fans would be feeling pretty good about their their chances in that situation, but not as a high percentage as Casey or as um, a But Jalen Hurts, I'll say this, when it comes to him, we know how confident that he is when it comes to playing that quarterback position. But they were questioning what he was doing this year in Philadelphia. Like, what's wrong with Jalen Hurts? Why doesn't this offense look the way that it's looked the way compared to last year? So even he was getting those kind of questions when it comes to Jalen Hurts, even though we know they're nowhere near anywhere without him compared to being with them. It's going to be a fun statement Sunday in the NFL. So many games that we're going to talk about on Monday between the Bills and Bengals, the Dolphins and Chiefs, Ravens and Seahawks. That's going to be sneaky. But, of course, the marquee game at 425 Eastern time involving the Cowboys and the Eagles. Let you know. Let us know your thoughts on Statement Sunday. Which team has to make that big statement? Let us know at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. My man Chad Brown will play 15 years in the NFL, in for Harry Douglas here on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. And we switch gears to the college football game. And I keep warning people, do not do this when it comes to Michigan football and Jim Harbaugh. But the Big Ten did it anyway. We'll let you know that it is next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. A warning for the Big Ten. We warned them before. They didn't pay attention when it came to Michigan football and that sign-stealing scandal. We're going to get to that in about five minutes. But plenty of you want to weigh in, part of the Dr. Pepper calling line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Out-of-sight matchups, not just Cowboys-Eagles. You got Bills-Bengals. You got Seahawks-Ravens. You also got Chiefs and Dolphins kicking everything off on that Sunday on Statement Sunday. In your opinion, which team has to make a statement this Sunday? We want to hear from you, like John in Alaska. John, who is that team and why? I mean, the Seahawks, uh, um, that young defense, I've seen glimpses of the LOB. Hmm. Um, I'd like to see him go on the road um, and uh, be able to contain Lamar and uh, 
see if they're for real or not. Um, Gino's got to clean up his mistakes a little bit. Um, the defense has been playing really good. They haven't been allowing a whole lot of points in the second half the last three games. Um, I want to see if uh, Pete Carroll's got him ready to play Sunday. Well, I never doubt Pete Carroll having his team ready to play when it comes to Seattle. That organization, it doesn't matter who's there, he's going to coach them up. And, Chad, you know about that. You intern with the Seattle Seahawks, part of a coaching internship. I can't wait to see what kind of Seahawks team we're going to see because before the season, I thought this could be a very sneaky team that could challenge Philly, could challenge San Francisco, could challenge Dallas. Now you got to put Detroit in that category. They lead their division. This is a chance to really step up and be a part of the big boys. You go on the road and win a game like this against the Ravens in Baltimore. Absolutely. This is one of those statement games. I know it's going to be a statement Sunday, and this is a chance for the Seahawks to make a big statement. Uh, they've got the best, at least from a scoring perspective, defense in that division. I know the Seahawks, I'm sorry, the 49ers have played one more game than, than they have, um, so that'll probably change after Sunday. But the ability for for Seattle to continue to move in the right direction, um, the best coaches find ways to make sure their team improves week in and week out. Even though it may not show up on the scoreboard, the process is more important than the results. It's something that coaches love to say. And Pete Carroll is sort of that type of coach as well. He certainly wants to win games, but he also wants to find ways for his team to improve week in and week out. Right. And they've been doing that. Now this is going to be a substantial test for them, and it will test how far they have come as far as that improvement goes. He's one of our favorites. He's Roy the truck driver, always keeping this country going. Hey, Big Roy, what team has to make a statement this Sunday in the NFL? Okay, look, the history, Dallas versus the Eagles, 128 games. Dallas is winning so far, 77-53. Last Christmas, Dallas won 40-34, but Gardner Minshew was quarterback. The first game in 22, the Eagles won 26-17. Now, right now, Dak's got five interceptions. Jalen's got eight. If you ask me, I think Jalen's a better quarterback than Dallas. I think Dallas is going to lose, but they need to win. Because they're going to meet him again, and you, and you know Dallas, they can't. They he falls when when the, when the when the pressure gets on, he loses his mind. Yeah. And Jalen, Jalen is strong, man. He don't he don't do that. He don't mess up like that when crunch time. Roy and Troy, Roy the truck driver, number one. Always appreciate you calling, keeping us going on the highways and byways out there. People forget as well when Jalen Hurts won that game last year versus Dallas. The Dak Prescott was injured, and it was against Cooper Rush. The Eagles had a 20 to nothing lead. Then you blinked your eyes, it was 20 to 17. Then they would run out the clock with their running game, keeping the Dallas defense on the field, keeping that offense off the field. It's going to be the first time these two have played in this kind of meaningful game with Dak Prescott on one side and Jalen Hurts on the other side. But I do believe it's a must win for Dak Prescott. If you're able to go into that building with those rabid fans who are still completely, completely hurt by the Philadelphia Phillies letting them down against the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NL Championship Series, you go into that den of thieves that house of horrors at 425 Eastern time, and you come out on the other side as a winner, that's going to go a long way, not just for the Cowboys, but more importantly, Chad, for their quarterback, Dak Prescott. Well, let me ask you, Freddie. Right. You have obviously have a Cowboys bias as far as this matchup goes, mm-hmm. but let's remove the bias. Let's put that to the side. This is an Eagles team mm-hmm. that's only suffered one loss yep. uh, to a, a, a Jets team that came out with a pretty good scheme and, and yep. all of that, but only one loss for, for, for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you see Sunday unfolding with me uh, with the Eagles they're going to try to do to the Cowboys what was unsuccessful against the Jets as good as that Dallas Cowboys defense is the one thing they can't do is stop the run up the middle 
And if you're going to have Jalen Hurts not being a part of that running game, that won't be as necessary because you still got DeAndre Swift. You still got that offensive line that can push people back. If Dallas cannot stop that up-the-middle running game, then that's going to be a problem. I'm not just going to say they're going to get blown out. Man for man, team for team, the Philadelphia Eagles are a better football team. Take the records out the window. Just look at the talent. As much as I love CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown is playing at an MVP level wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. The one advantage the Cowboys have is a little bit on defense that they have playmakers that made more plays this year compared to the Eagles' defense. But they're playing at home, that Eagles' defense. That crowd's going to be on their side. If the Cowboys win, I can't even imagine what Dallas radio is going to sound like next week, specifically from their owner, Jerry Jones, who can't shut up. So they go in there and beat Philadelphia. Man, that radio show might last from Tuesday through Thursday. But you ask me right now, my gut, my gut tells me it'll be a close game, but the Eagles will find a way to win when it's all said and done. The Eagles, I believe, have the 26th-ranked pass defense. Mm-hmm. Does that give you some confidence that this could be a Dak Prescott vintage game against a lesser opponent, which we've seen many times, yeah. but now he gets a chance to do it against a playoff-style opponent? It, it gives me confidence if they can block the guys up front. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys out from the line. I mean, people forget that game against the Rams on Sunday. The first four plays, Dak Prescott was running for his life because Aaron Donald and those guys were getting on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And I know that Eagles defensive front, those front seven, is better than the Rams defensive front. So if he's running for his life early, he's not going to stop. So that's another concern I have. Can that offensive line, you can put the game in Dak Prescott's hands. Mike McCarthy can't get in his way as far as that goes. I'm with you on that one with their past defense in the Eagles. But you got to be able to block those guys up front. They're going to be full of cheesesteaks and peppers and <laughs> onions. They're going to be breathing all over that offensive line of Dallas Cowboys. And you better be able to keep them at bay. Because if you don't, that means Hassan Reddick comes off the corner. That means mm-hmm. Brandon Graham's going to make plays. They've been resting him a little bit. Fletcher Cox is going to be ready. Jalen Carter is going to be ready. Jordan Davis is going to be ready. They have guys that can get after the quarterback and stop your running game. You can put the ball in Dak Prescott's hands, Chad, but you better make sure the five guys up front can keep him clean. Or if he's going to run, be able to make plays out of pocket. If he can't, that's going to be a long, long, short Sunday for the Cowboys at 425 Eastern time. I got to agree with you. I got I to gotta agree with you. This, this Cowboys offensive line is going to have to withstand that early test and give Dak some, some, some space and some comfort. Uh, I think you can take advantage of that secondary for the Eagles, but you've got to yeah. deal with that, those, those pass rushers up front. Uh, what, Hassan Riddick, six and a half sacks this year. Yeah. There's, there's a, they, the Eagles probably won't come close to the sack numbers they had last year. True. With, with four guys with double-digit sacks. That probably won't happen again this year. But they still will be a formidable group, and this Cowboys offensive line is going to have to withstand that early onslaught. He's Chad Brown. Great stuff from him in for Harry Day. Harry Douglas, excuse me, on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Who, which team has to make a statement this Sunday in the NFL? Let us know tonight now. Be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jordan and Cali, who's that team that has to make a statement this Sunday in the NFL? Man, how you guys doing? Uh, the Good. Chargers, man. I never know what <laughs> team is going to show up for this, you know, for the Chargers. It, it's being a Chargers fan and being like an Angels fan. I'm both, so it's it's you know Angels in baseball. You know, it's like a good team on the field, you know, but they can never put it together. It seems like Staley gets out coached every single game. I don't even know how he has a job still for us as Chargers fans. Like we don't care for that guy at all. Um, you know, I, I I don't look at the Chicago Bears game as anything to be happy about that we just played. <laughs> so going across to the East Coast, 
you know, they got to win by a couple of touchdowns, you know. Um, but like I said, being a Chargers fan, we don't we don't know what team's going to show up. Especially they play on Monday Night Football against the New York Jets. Catch that game at 8.15 Eastern time on ABC and ESPN. And the Chargers always, always look the part. And then something just weird or self-inflicted happens to this team. And if, that's keep, if that keeps up, they can no longer make excuses for Brandon Staley or even their quarterback at times, Justin Herbert, who has kind of failed and shrunk in key moments so far this year, no matter what kind of gaudy stats he's been able to put up this year so far for the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers, I've said it before on this show, the Chargers are going to charge her. And, and what does that mean? Because I, I live here in Denver, and obviously the Chargers and the Broncos are part of the AFC West. So every twice a year, the Broncos and the Chargers play. And folks will say the Chargers are going to charge her. And I would, I would say to myself, or even say when I was hosting radio shows, that was last year. This is a brand-new team. How can the same thing carry over from year to year? But it seems to, where Chargers are constantly snatching defeat from the hands of victory, not the other way around. <laughs> they shoot themselves in the foot. They do co- dumb coaching decisions. They allow teams to come back. It's Chargers are going to find a way to Charger, and it seems almost like at this point like a, like a curse because yeah. – they have changed coaches. Right. They, they've they've revamped the roster. Mm-hmm. It's a different team than it was a couple years ago. There's there's been so much roster turnover, but even in the midst of all those changes, they still find ways to charger, which is right. to lose when you have the easy prospect of winning. It's amazing that they brought in a guy that's a defensive coach in Brandon Staley. They can't play any defense. Yep. With yeah, all and, the talent. And, yeah. And haven't been able to since he's been there. Yeah, all that talent on defense, and that guy's will be a defensive coach, and he does not get them to be a consistent, terrific defense based on their talent. Phil in the great state of North Carolina. Phil, which team has to make a statement this Sunday in the NFL? Got to be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's time to put up or shut up. Uh, defense is getting healthy. They're getting used to Fangio's system, having Howard, Ramsey yep. together. Uh, offensive line is still shaky, but McDaniel speaks that by getting the ball out in 1.7 seconds every play. So, but it's got to be the Dolphins. I mean, they they've been doubted so much. This is the game right here. Put up or shut up. I love our listeners for this standpoint. Two standpoints. Number one, we really appreciate you taking time to listen to our show and call into the show. Number two, when our listeners bring points and numbers. I can't go against those numbers. I can't refuse. I'm thinking, when you bring receipts like that, automatic respect because Phil is right. They're missing three starters in the offensive line. But when you get the ball out so quickly or do things so quickly, you can minimize the guys that are not there. It became apparent against the Philadelphia Eagles. They were not able to have that speed game work. Philadelphia played on the other side of the line of scrimmage. They got that early penetration against their quarterback. They stopped their running game. All of a sudden, the lack of offensive lineman and consistency was magnified but he's also right if you get the ball in your hands quickly and now you got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard coming back the Dolphins may be getting healthy Chad at the right time they may be but let's also paint this this picture as well this is a a game over in Germany uh, mm-hmm. and anytime you do something outside of the normal football schedule or the normal football environment if it's a okay. snow game or a rain game or a wind game or an overseas game there's a factor of who handles this new change the best. And so often a weather game is determined by not who's the better team, 
but who handles the weather the best, whether it's the True. coaching moves or the players on the field. Now this added twist of playing over in Germany, whose time clocks are correct, which organization did the best job of ha- passing out, you know, uh, uh, sleeping pills on the plane to mm-hmm. make sure the guys are on the right, you know, schedule. All those kind of things become a factor when you have a game like this. So I think it's two great teams on the football field, but yeah. you also have to add in this wild card of who handles this situation the best on the field and, and in preparation leading up to the game as well. Yeah, I know, I know the NFL loves to make money, but to me it's a crime having Dolphins and cheese playing in Germany. I mean, that's the game that's ought to be in Miami or Kansas City. Let the American fans deal with that in the United States and not try to make more money by having that game in Germany. That game is too important to have those two teams playing overseas, especially at this point of the year. Great stuff by Chad Brown. Hit him on Twitter at ChadBrown94. I am Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. And we are going to get into Michigan. And the Big Ten not doing their conference any favors by helping Michigan in this way. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Join me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. A warning for the Big Ten. This PSA brought to you by Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown. Don't do this. The this I'm talking about? On a video call with Commissioner Tony Petiti, the majority of the coaches in the Big Ten are not only frustrated with the ongoing sign-stealing investigation at the University of Michigan, but part of the 90-minute phone call, and I quote, this was sources told ESPN, familiar with the call. Collectively, the coaches want the Big Ten to act right now. What are we waiting on? We know what happened, end quote. Big Ten, do not do this. Because if anybody can take that slight and that whole us-against-the-world mentality and make it work against your teams in your league, it's going to be that team known as Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, and especially when this could be his last year in Michigan, he could be in the NFL this time next year. They've got to come down these guys. There's there's just no two ways about this for me. It's it's ugly. The, the way they went about this, the blatant mm-hmm. disregard, the, the, the ego, the, the hubris, they didn't even cover their tracks very well. Yep. They were The NCAA was pretty quickly able to find out they purchased – tickets to more than 35 games at over 17 stadiums in the last three years they hired a division three coach to spy on teams where mm-hmm. they could they couldn't be there with their own spy so right. it's pretty clear at this point um and yeah the 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 big ten's got to come down on michigan and they can't wait to the end of the season they can't wait to see how the playoffs shake out they can't do any of that there has to be a consequence immediately and uh, I would have to say maybe even something as deep as forfeiture okay. of all these games. I was going to ask you what can they possibly do because we know how due process works. I'm not saying that Michigan should be absolved of any kind of guilt or any kind of allegations. I'm with you. They firmly did something. I don't know what Jim Harbaugh knew or did not know, but something was going on that a lot of people inside that program, inside of that football program knew. But realistically, Chad, you know how these things don't work according to a timetable. And this is a team that could be representing your conference in a not just a Big Ten championship game, but in the college football playoff. The Big Ten loves a lot of things. You know what they really love? Having a lot of money that may not be there if they decide to go your course of action, kick Michigan, Michigan out of forfeiting wins, and then what if Ohio State loses? Then you don't have anybody from the Big Ten 
in the college football playoff, which means that that kind of money is not going to your conference. Would you be able, if you were a alumnus of Michigan, be proud of a Big Ten championship and then a possible national championship when you know the facts are as, a, as they seem to be, right. as they clearly are leaning in that direction? Oh, no. This, this yeah. is different than, say, the, the Patriots Spygate thing. Sure. Where everyone, not everyone, but a lot of teams around the league were filming signals. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a word went out and the Patriots thought they had a wiggle room within the rule. This is, you were in blatant violation and mm-hmm. disregard. And for folks to act like Harbaugh didn't know, who is this guy who's got all this information? You don't think he would ask a question? Who is this guy? Where is he getting this information from? It's, yeah, it seems pretty cut and dry to me. I certainly think, you know, everyone should be looked at as innocent until they're proven guilty. But there's enough circumstantial evidence at this point where I think the Big Ten needs to be able to maybe start preliminarily issuing some some thoughts of what's going to happen here if this investigation goes the way it seems to be going. You are 100% correct. But as Shannon Penn, my producer, say, we live on planet Earth. We know how these things go. And even whatever punishment is going to come down on Michigan, it's probably not going to happen until next year. And if they win a national championship, if it doesn't come down this year, they're not going to take that away from Michigan. That that power and that money is way too important to the Big Ten. It really is. Well, there's a lot of coaches who are very upset. So if all the coaches in the Big Ten are upset, mm-hmm. does the commissioner point to, hey, we're the Big Ten, we got to support everybody, or is he listening to the coaches and question. potentially the athletic directors who have a say-so in that commissioner's future? Yeah, that's a very good question. We'll see if money talks and you know what walks, especially when it comes to Michigan and all this going on. We reflect on the passing of the late great coach, Bob Knight, a Hall of Famer. Help us do that next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.